guys what's going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host jeff trenopole the ice man and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the university of cincinnati bearcats where if you have not heard i posted it about an hour ago per my source that david DeJulius is opting back in for the bearcats so we went from having no point guards to having both of them back. Mike Saunders is back tomorrow. David Julius is back. Where's all the Brandon haters at now? All his players are backing out or opting out, blah, blah, blah. The Julius is back, baby. All right, guys, if you found the show, do me a favor. Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I am up to 851 subscribers. That is awesome. We passed 850. I'm so happy. Thank you, guys. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, we got a special guest on the show today. It's Anthony Cazenza from Cincy Jungle. But right now, I'm going to bring in my co-host. It's just Jeremy D. What's up, Jeremy? It's only me, man. I'm sorry it's I'm not me. Anthony. Well, everybody's yeah. waiting for Anthony, and, and they're like, where's Anthony? Where's Anthony? Yeah. Oh, great. Well, it's just Jeremy. I mean, go, my goodness. Whatever. Yeah, it, Here's it, my it, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's the idiot loudmouth. That's all it is. <laughs> the guy who doesn't want to pay or wants to pay too much for a backup quarterback. God. That's me. That's a, this guy. <laughs> That's that guy. All right. I'm going to talk to you. Let's get to the man here. Hold on a second. <laughs> and that is none other than. I thought I added him. Hold on. There he is. Andrew, hey, what's up, brother? How's it going, guys? That's quite the intro there. How are you guys doing? Good. <laughs> good, doing man. Good. I, I love uh, the I love the, the gosh, that was that was fancy. Made me feel big time here. I like it. How are you guys doing? <laughs> good. Hey, I'm just glad I get to talk to somebody else other than this idiot all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing this, Anthony. This is what I got to deal with. I man. know, man. Don't, don't take that kind of abuse. Come on, exactly. Now. <laughs> right? We're professionals, man. So we're, se- we're semi-professionals. I don't know. We're <laughs> technically professionals. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we had some. I, I had a good article, or read a good article that you guys put out there, and I, I know the Athletic put it out there about uh, Lawson and how he sounds pretty optimistic about coming back, from what I read. It, you know, I, I, I read a bit of it. I heard the interview, I think, with Paul Daner Jr. of, of The Athletic. And it, it's, I mean, first of all, Carl Lawson, what a character, right? Um, if, you, if you kind of listen to the interview, he, he is a, he's a fun guy. But uh, look, I think when, when the Bengals did not opt to use the, the franchise tag, I think a lot of us, I, I assume you guys are longtime fans as well. But, you oh. know, a lot of, a lot of us who have been around the team or follow the team for a long period of time. We say, Oh, here we go. We've seen this song and dance, right? You don't, these guys don't want to be here. They don't want to stay. And, and, you know, I think especially when you saw what happened with Carlos Dunlap and the the kind of the divorce that happened there, you're kind of going here, this is more of the same, right? Same old bangles. But 
I don't think that that's the case. It may be the case with William Jackson. Maybe that that both those two sides are just really far apart. But as far as Carl Lawson, it sounds like he likes the city of Cincinnati. It sounds like he wants to be a Bengal. It's just a matter of give me the financial respect. Um, right. And I and I think you know in a way because you hear a lot of players they don't like the franchise tag. So in a way, the Bengals if they if they do get this deal done or if they do they have an opportunity to give him the financial respect that he is likely looking for in terms of a longer term deal, a little more of a commitment. And then it also plays well into the Bengals' hands if they get this deal done in terms of immediate salary cap repercussions or lack thereof. Right. Yeah. The the thing I found I think the most interesting about it was that he wasn't upset, like you said, about not getting franchised. He said it's fine. He goes, he goes, and we, and he said we, meaning the Bengals, have to take care of nine. I mean, he understands they got to take care of Joe Burrow first. He goes, and then me. I thought that was very inspiring, uplifting for a for Bengals fans saying, look, I understand how the game goes. You know, I, I'm important to them, but number nine's a franchise. And if we don't, you know, get him protected, then it doesn't matter what I do. Basically, it's kind of how I took it. And he was okay with, he thinks he's going to get or has had the chance of staying with the Bengals. He said the Bengals are the front runners. That's yeah, that's, that's music to everybody's ears. Right. And I, I've, I've said this on, on Cincy jungle and my, my show and whatnot. I mean, the Bengals have a lot of impending free agents at like really three or four really specific areas of their team. So, you know, you can say, ah, you know, you can let that guy walk or you can don't bother paying him. But if, if Carl Lawson walks, who's your, who's your pass rushers that you have on the, on the team right now? Right. If William Jackson walks, uh, you've got uh, a lot of question marks there because, oh, yeah, by the way, Mackenzie Alexander is also an impending free agent. So your cornerback group all, all of a sudden dwindles. You've got four impending free agents at wide receiver. So that's a big area of need. And then all of a sudden your interior defensive line, depending on what they do with Geno Atkins, that's also an area where you go, man, we need we need help there. So. Right. You know, you can't probably keep all of the names that are on there uh, that no. are on the pending free agent list or most of them maybe even. But if you keep kind of the key players or a couple of key guys in those spots, it really then allows the draft to open up a bit. It allows you to not be so handcuffed in free agency as well in terms of being married to specific positions that you'd absolutely need to get. So, um, you know, look, I. I, I I get that a lot of people and myself too. There's risk involved in not using the franchise tag on on Carl Lawson or or maybe even William Jackson because you know it increases the likelihood of them walking. But you know, in terms of what they can do in ter- with salary cap flexibility and the the ability of them still still being able to potentially get a long term deal in place, I think it's kind of and it's hard for me to say this too. Trust me, because I'm not the most <laughs> patient guy, especially with right. the yes, yes, but yes. but I think we need to. Okay, let's just take a step back. Right. Let's see what transpires right. uh, through mm-hmm. the weekend here, and right. then you know, hopefully, hopefully, good things come about. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell some of these Bengal fans. Like, oh, we need to sign Lawson now. I said, yeah, but okay. If you sign Lawson, that's guaranteed probably, what, $17, $18 million yeah. salary cap hit. That's a big hit, and it's for one year. And that and they have what they have is flexibility. And from what I've got from Zach and Duke is they're taking a step back. They're going to see what happens because there's so many people that are being uh, cut this week. Like, like Malcolm Butler, he got cut from the Titans. I think he, he would be an upgrade, in my opinion, to Willie J3. I mean, that, I'm not saying I don't want to sign Willie J3, but Willie J3 isn't, you know, top three corner. I'm not saying Malcolm Butler is, but he's a Super Bowl MVP and he's a pretty good corner. You might be able to get him 
for you know a little cheaper than maybe Willow J3 is, and he could be a guy that you could replace. But there's multiple people that are going to be out there that the Bengals, I think, have got their hands on, their eyes on, uh, of of waiting to pull the trigger. I, you know, I think the Bengals too. What what's not really being talked about a lot is not using the franchise tag and kind of waiting to see. You know, their their usual kind of reactive approach to free agency maddens a lot of people, like myself, but. In this scenario, with the lowered salary cap, they're seeing teams shed all these guys onto the free market. Uh, I, I think the, I, I think what you're looking at then is, look, the guard mark market is is saturated right now. We right. got a couple more tackles on the market there. That's that's a little more saturated. And then if you look at what what players teams franchise tagged, not a lot of edge rushers and cornerbacks were tagged. So that means there's more of those potentially on the free mar- uh, free agent market as well. Mm-hmm. You look mm-hmm. at like a guy like Shaq Barrett, a guy they were interested in a couple of years ago. I thought he was going to for sure be their tagged guy in, down in Tampa Bay. Right. He was not. So all of a sudden now the Bengals kind of say, yeah, we'll give you a fair deal. But look, there are other guys and other options out there. And I think when you I don't know if we're transitioning to the guard spot, but that now becomes a really interesting conversation as to what the Bengals can do and the value you can potentially get for the caliber of players because of the big names that have entered the free agent market there. Right. I know all Bengals fans are dying to get uh, Joe Thune, which I I would love to get Thune, but he's up here, you know, and, and like I've said this multiple times on the show here, the Bengals have to be smart and you can get, if we don't get Thuni, it's not the end of the world, Bengals fans. There's going to be other guards that are out there that we could get at a lower price maybe, but are just as good as Thuni. So that's where I think as Bengals fans, we can't get our, our eyes just stuck on one guy. You know, we, if we don't get this guy, then it's it's a lot lost. You know, we messed it all up. And there, there's so many options out there. Right, and it also makes potentially Joe Thuni a little bit more uh, palatable in terms of a contract with the other names out there. When you go out, you know, if you approach him with a, a pretty nice contract and you say, you know, no, I'm not looking for, for 12 or 13 million. I'm looking more 14, 15 million a year. Okay. Right. Well, we've got some pretty good veteran guard in the wings here that are maybe looking at a two year deal for 7 million per, and that's more palatable for us. We can still get a high quality starter and maybe get a, a you know a defensive interior player, another edge rusher, along with Carl Lawson. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're able to then afford William Jackson and Carl Lawson when you're doing that. So there's a lot of things to play with here. And um, you know the good news is they have options, and they have options to immensely immediately upgrade their roster based on who has become available. Exactly. All right, Jeremy, I've been talking a lot. I'll, I'll let you ask a question good, now. Go ahead. Man. Hey, it's a, hey, that was that was good. Uh, I just wanted to ask you, Anthony, if if you're playing the role of GM. And no you've, got, you've got Carl Lawson, <laughs> you've got WJ3, and then, of course, we're going to have a windfall of free agents out there. Um, when it comes down to Carl Lawson and WJ3, are you sticking to the pass rush and giving Lawson the money and then going into free agency? Or how, how do you look at it if you were playing GM for the Cincinnati Bengals? What would be the perfect Anthony I mean, I, I've said, and I, I don't like using the franchise tag because of because of the the immediate salary cap hit. I mean, it's just a boom right there, and all of a sudden, you know, it takes a lot of money, you know, out of your uh, that you're able to play with in free agency. I I kind of said, you know, look, based on what both of these guys have given you, their age, 
um, and the positions they play. I kind of said, you know, if they really wanted to keep things, I, maybe you go franchise tag William Jackson and you long-term deal Carl Lawson. Well, the franchise tag now is out the window. They didn't use that. So um, I, I think if, if it came down to paying those, I think, I think you probably – I, I think I think you emphasize pass rush on this team a bit more. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more of, of an old school mindset where, you know, if you have a good edge edge rush, a good uh, presence in terms of rushing the passer, it makes your secondary's job a little bit easier. So you may be able to get by with a little bit lesser talent. We still also don't know what kind of progress Darius Phillips is going to make. He's been, he's been to the moon and he's had some valleys there as well. Right. So, um, you know, now he's entering a year in his trajectory. So how much do you trust him? Uh, what do you do with the slot corner position? I mentioned Mackenzie Alexander there. So, but to me, look, last year was a lot about flash. You know, you got your quarterback, you got your wide receiver with your top top picks. You, you brought back AJ Green on the franchise tag. You you did, you know, you, you got some linebackers and you did, you got your corners and Dwayne's and Mackenzie Alexander. I think this year has to be just, a lot of meat and potatoes, a lot yes. of offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen, and you got to get guys that you you have a good feeling about, as good of a feeling as you possibly can when gauging everything about their health and their durability and their availability because this team has been absolutely plagued by big either big-ticket signings, high draft picks, whatever, not being able to get on the field and play snaps for them. And so you need to be able to be sure, and I know it's it's still weird a year into the COVID pandemic thing, but it, you need to be sure that the guys that you are getting are going to be giving you significant snaps and or playing roles pretty much right away that, that'll help you out. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with you more. I, I mean, I've said it on here a lot, lots of times. The Bengals, if they fix that offensive line and defensive line, it's going to change a lot of stuff because – I put more emphasis on the defensive line to get pressure on that quarterback because you get pressure on that quarterback, it makes the cornerback's job a lot easier. So if yeah. we can get consistent pressure on there, not that we don't need good cornerbacks, but it's not as big of an emphasis, I guess, to have that if you get consistent pressure on them. Right, and, and Jeremy, just to answer your kind of – continue uh, I, I was long-winded and babbling about my oh, answer question there uh look I mean it, it really to me it always kind of comes down to and I, again old school mindset and I know a lot of people are, are into the the new school and I, I I subscribe to the innovative you know uh forward-thinking NFL I guess but there, there there's kind of an old adage you know you get your passer you protect him and you get after the other team's passer right, right. I mean that's that's kind of that's kind of how you want to how you want to build your team I mean yeah you want in this day and age you do want great corners because of the wide the wide receiver talent around the league the quarterback talent around the league yeah you want that but again I, I still kind of subscribe to the mindset of you know you kind of start with those three areas the Bengals definitely seemed I mean despite the short season last year definitely seemed to have their quarterback now they got to shore up the other two spots exactly go ahead Jeremy oh, no man that, you answered everything I needed right there but uh go, if you got it something else go ahead actually actually I do it's something that me and Jeremy were talking about in the appreciative fist fight now we both are big Jamar Chase fans and the just idea of having Chase Boyd and Higgins Again, to me, that's Chad Johnson, that's TJ Hushmanzada, that's Chris Henry again. So my question is, from what the Bengals have said that they are, or not they've said, but reports are that they're locked in on Sewell. 
Well, let's just say they go out and they get a tag. Now you say a, a left tackle, get a right tackle because they've said they're fine with Jonah at left. They get a right tackle, they get a guard, and Chase is there. For me, that would be really hard not to take him because that can open up this offense unbelievably. You know, that would open the top of it that all of us Bengals fans have been frustrated with because, you know, Joe Burrow had been able to get the deep ball because, well, one, he didn't have time. Two, we didn't have a burner to go get the ball. So what's your thoughts on that? Do you, do you, if, all right, let's put it this way. Just say Sewell and Chase are both there and we have signed a tackle and we signed a guard. What's your opinion? What what would what would Anthony do again? Again, GM Anthony here. What would you do? <laughs> well, it depends on the tackle that they do sign and, and the contract that's signed there, right? I mean, I think that plays into it. If you're getting kind of a, a one or two year rental deal for a person a, a person that's at the end of their career, and you're kind of hoping you get at least one good year out of that, you know, tackle should still very well be kind of a need. Now, if you're going right. maybe a different route there, um, you know, that that's a different discussion to me that. Look, the discussion to me comes down if you're sticking at five and no matter what, you know, regardless of how the, the first four picks play out, I think it comes down to three players, Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. So yep. Those are those are the three guys to me that I, right. I, and, and, and I like Rashawn Slater. I was really impressed with his workout numbers that came out recently, by the way, too. But I've been all aboard the Penny Sewell train. I, I live on the West Coast, so I've seen a lot of Oregon football games and I know he didn't play last year, but I watched him the year prior. Kid's awesome. Okay, I mean, I'm just gonna tell you that right now. That kid is awesome. Now he's got some yeah. polishing and refinement to to get to be done there, but uh, talent and everything is just through the through the roof. Um, I, you know, I think I think there there is a that is a blue chip guy for sure. Here's mm-hmm. the thing with Jamar Chase. Okay, I had a on one of our on one of our podcasts that I kind of did a little debate between Jamar Chase and at the time Devontae Smith because he was just fresh off a pretty big uh, performance in the national championship. And then he had the Heisman, uh, you know, the Heisman win. Here's the thing with Jamar chase. And you look at it and I I went back over his, his film a little bit. The big, the big number to me that's, and granted he didn't play last year either, but 21 on 84 catches in 2019, 21.2 yards per catch. What did this team (laughs) lack? And then, and then 20, 20 touchdown receptions. Mm -hmm in that year what did this mm-hmm. team what did this team lack or what has it been lacking over the past couple of years a deep threat mm-hmm. a, a person to be able to consistently convert red zone plays and yep. big you know big plays that sustain drives essentially that's that's right. really what the, and so chase makes a lot of sense from that standpoint so i you know i to me it's those three guys and i think if the Bengals do a lot of work on offensive line and they do then maybe they get a, I don't know how much they want to spend, but if you get uh, as Curtis Samuel, if you get a Kenny Galladay, maybe even uh, in free agency, maybe maybe that's where you go. Give me Kyle Pitts. Give right. me Kyle Pitts. Give me that talent. Give me that size. Give me that red zone weapon. A guy. I, I don't even call him a tight end. I call him a flex because yeah, that, he, yeah. he's not. He's, he, he can do wide receiver things. He can do tight end things. And the kid is is another blue chip prospect. So the good news is, if the Bengals sit at five, there are three, maybe even four guys that could fall right into their lap that should be very, very good football players for them. Yeah, you, you covered a lot of stuff there, but uh, uh, <laughs> I know I babbled. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. I like. It. I, I do it too. That's why I'll ask a question. I'll start a question this way, and I'll end it over here. I'm like, wait a second. I know. I can get it right. <laughs> but all right. Now Slater. Now I know the problem with him is, and he had a great workout. He has short arms, 
So does Jonah Williams, and that's a problem. You know, some Bengals fans have brought up, and I, you know, we've talked about it here on the show. Do you want two tackles with short arms? But Slater's extremely athletic, so that that's the issue with him. Now, and one more quick question, real quick, before you answer that. People on the show yesterday or this week were telling us that Sewell played more than one year. He only played one year in college, right? Am I correct on that? No, he played two. He he did play two. Yeah. Okay. He played, I'm he played, Where's uh, where's he been? <laughs> Why are we just now hearing about this guy? Well, you know I mean? he 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 didn't play last year, mm-hmm. um, and he played. Uh, and now you got me double check. You got me double checking this. Um, <laughs> I thought he played one. I thought uh, you know because he opted out last year. He's a re- he's a red shirt sophomore, um, and he played as a sophomore, and then he did play as a freshman as well. He was on the freshman All American per per OregonFootball.com. He was a freshman All American team. Uh, and he was a, a Pac-12 All-Conference honorable mention um, as a freshman in 2018 because there's a long streak, guys, where he what he did not give up. This is this is a really funny thing. He didn't give up like a penalty at all. And then I oh, remember, wow. I, I remember it was late in 2019. I remember watching the game because I was watching a lot of Justin Herbert at the time. And right. uh, so, so when they were on TV, I'm like, I'm I'm watching this. And uh, he he was was he had a kind of a long streak. Um, where he didn't have a penalty, and then uh, there was this penalty that was called, and then actually, if you, as you look at the penalty, you're like, "Ooh, that shouldn't have even been called." Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, so I don't think I don't think he he played significantly as a freshman. I think he stepped in at certain points, and where he played mostly was was you know starting left tackle as a as a sophomore there. But he he did not play last year, so that's where I think a lot of people, and that's where some of the hesitancy. Uh, right. Yeah, that's uh, mine right there. That's yeah. that's my whole hesitancy right there. That's the only reason. Yeah, he hasn't played yeah. a lot, and he opted out last year. So, and I have, and I've never seen him play. So, but well, but the other thing is, uh, just quickly, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jeremy. Oh, I'm you're sorry, good. but you're good. The, 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 the 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 thing that kind of makes you uh, argue the flip side is, okay, you know, Rashawn Slater, he's got a lot of experience. He's a little bit older coming in as a right. rookie, whereas this is more of the young kind of still reaching a potential type of type of player in Sewell. So you may Which need to wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may need to wait with Sewell a little bit to see that potential, whereas Slater may be in a, a, a more immediate payoff. Um, so that that's kind of the difference there. But yeah, I mean, I think um, when you when you talk about Slater, your second question about his short arms, that, that does concern me when you have two tackles right. with short arms. But mm-hmm. I think I think when you look at maybe the athleticism in other areas that he shows, it maybe masks it could mask a little bit of the of right. the arm length deficiency. Right. I'm not wild about having two tackles with with shorter arms in the NFL right. though personally. Um, but again, that could go into your deal where you know, hey, maybe the Bengals do sign a tackle in free agency. That's your right mm-hmm. tackle for mm-hmm. a couple of years. You draft a Rashawn Slater, you put him right away as a guard. He's a very he could be a very very good guard, and then. Mm-hmm. As he ascends as a player, maybe you then push him as a, as a right tackle and, and you groom him that way. That's an option for you as well. But, um, you know, I think both those guys give you immediate and, and high-level upgrade on, on the offensive line, Sewell or Slater. I think I think both those guys are very good players. Now, one thing I want to bring up that, that your, your co-host, uh, John, uh, did a, a deep dive on. I think you guys talked about it last week or it was earlier this week on Panay Sewell. That you know, since Zach came out and pretty much uh, backed up Jonah as their future left tackle, you know, John did a deep dive saying that that Sewell has pretty much played right tackle the whole time until the, the I think the last year he played mm-hmm. or, or sophomore year at, at Oregon. So it's not a big deal for him to play right tackle, and 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 that might be 
the best spot for him, especially if they draft, especially coming in as a rookie in the NFL. And the right tackle, like like again, I credit your coach John, is is just as important as the left tackle. You gotta have you gotta have two good tackles in this league. Yeah, you're not you're not doing the old school, you know, right tackles your road grader, run tackle, and left left guy is you. I mean, you gotta got you gotta have guys on both sides that can do that are able in both pass pro and run blocking. I mean, yeah, that's just the bottom line. Teams now rush guys, rush the passer from all different points of the field. All, you know, they, they try and get pressure from the interior from different guys, way on the exterior, off the edge with with kind of those tweener guys or, you know, the true kind of 4-3 ends, that sort of thing. So, I mean, you have to have able bodies up, up front and on both both tackle positions to be able to, to get you what you need. The other thing, too that I think is – and both thankfully both Slater and Sewell are, at least from what I've seen on tape, do a good job of this. They are very, very adept at getting to the second level and blocking. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a big deal to Frank Pollock in the run game that he wants to institute. Which guy may be a better fit for his specific scheme, we'll see. But, right. you know, I, I think that both of those guys are very, very good at getting to the next level and blocking upfield. And for a team that has struggled to run, run the ball, struggled to create space for Joe Mixon over the past, really, two, three years, oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that that – both of those guys could help that out, help that out that facet quite a bit. Yeah, Mixon's never had a good offensive line since he's no. been here. I can't wait to see. <laughs> no, you know, never. So, go ahead, Jeremy. I know you, you got some stuff to ask. Go ahead. Oh uh, no, man. I, you know what? He answered about everything. I was, I was going to tell you. How do you feel about Slater? I, I feel like he started to get his uh, come up a little bit, and more people started talking about him after he played Chase Young and, and played him pretty well. Uh, it, in the Buckeye game, which I'm a big Buckeye fan. So I'll never forget how he held him back <laughs> when I was wanting those sacks. You know what I mean? But I can see where you're coming from there. And, you know, he is a good second level blocker as well. Do we take him at five? I'm kind of with you. I- I'm still on the Sewell or Chase or even Pitts, I guess, bandwagon. But Slater isn't a bad – He he's not going to be a bad pick for somebody, I guess, if I was standing up for him. That's – you know, yeah, my my ideal thing. Look, if the Bengals do, I, I agree with you. I, I think if the Bengals take care of a lot of needs in free agency, and they basically are like, hey, let's have some fun at five, right? Let's have some fun. Either we'll listen to trade offers, or we'll right. take one of the three guys we're mentioning. Maybe Rashawn Slater's in that mix. Maybe they really like Rashawn Slater, and they're able to move back a few picks, still get him because this is this is going to be a draft where there's probably three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks taken within the top 10, top 15. If you know, I mean, there's going to be, there's, there are a lot of big names at quarterback in this draft that teams are going to want to jump up and get. So if you're, if you're the Bengals sitting there at five and maybe only two quarterbacks have been taken at that point, and there's some, some needy teams that want to get a quarterback up there, maybe you move back a few spots and you say, yeah, we're sacrificing a chase, a Sewell, a Pitts, but we're getting a Rashawn Slater and we're getting maybe an additional second round pick that can become another solid wide receiver, another edge rusher, another Mm -hmm. interior offensive lineman, whatever the case may be. And you're able to maneuver the draft that way. You know, I, I don't like, I don't, I, I traditionally haven't liked when the Bengals have bypassed, you know, uh, better players to kind of collect more picks in the past. Because that hasn't always worked out for him, but I think this year, you know, when you, when you're sitting at five and there are, you know, four, three to four really good options, and if you're able to kind of move back a little bit in a quarterback heavy draft, get another pick, still potentially get one of those guys, um, that that's a win for you too. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it all that's why I'm so excited about about next week. The, the free agency starts. I can't wait to see what the Bengals are going to do. I'm hoping. 
I want the fifth pick to be like you said, to have, be like well, the way you put it, have some fun with it, not have to take because mm-hmm. they took care of stuff in free agency. Now, I got a question here from the chat. Keith uh, asked Anthony, what do you think about Quinn? Mark, I say Martinez, I know I'm saying his name wrong, or Jeremy Mayfield. Uh, Miners is the is the kid Miners. from that's yeah, he's the he's the kid from the small school, right? Um, and he's a yeah. guy that I think at the senior bowl really, really rose up because of his his tape and his you know one on ones that he was showing. Uh, he's a guy that, um, you know, I, I I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but from what I've seen, I really liked. And one other thing, too, about him that may be very appealing to Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock, etc. He's a guy, when you look at, I've, I kind of stalked him a little bit on Twitter. Um, he, <laughs> he's doing some work with some charities and he's kind of showing this high, you know, he created this deal where I guess one of his friends, yeah. And, and when you talk about the character thing, um, that, that'll, that'll ring true. Now, when are we talking about drafting this kid? I mean, if you're talking about, you know, maybe a, a round three, um, you know, it, it just kind of depends on the value there, but I really, I really like him. I really, I really like what I've seen. And I'm, I'm always a fan of, you know, a smaller school kid that goes overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. remember the kid, uh, gosh, the giants drafted him a couple years ago. Um, Will, Will Hernandez. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. he was a guy, where was he? Fresno state. I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe, maybe something so, like yeah. that. Uh, mm-hmm. New Mexico state, something like that. Some, yeah. Uh, somewhere out west. Yeah. 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 And he was a guy that not a lot of people knew and then came senior bowl, come senior bowl time. Mm-hmm. This kid was just blowing people up. Right. Yeah, and he was just out. a mean mm-hmm. dude, mean yep. dude. And that was a guy I'm like, you know, it, there, there is a, a, a and that's what those scouting events are really about is to kind of showcase some of these guys that don't get a lot of run because of the school they went to and it, get, it allows them to get a platform. So Miners is a guy, uh, I think, you know, if you're looking late on day on night two, or I see here, Keith, Keith's talking about round four, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's where you draft those types types of players where, you know, small school guy, maybe a little bit of a project, but has a lot of upside. And and I, I think, you know, there are a lot of teams that are enamored with him and really kind of fell in love with him to what extent, I don't know, but um, that, that'd be a guy I, um, I, I'd look at. And the other name you said was, was Jeremy Mayfield. I'm not overly yeah. familiar with that. Put me on the spot a little bit there. <laughs> uh, so I need to look more into. He, he you know, does into that to us all the time. He, You're he, good, asks, brother. Yeah, he asks this question. I'm going, um, okay. Yeah, I think he, he, he follows that it guy. more than I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need, I need to look more, uh, into that, into that one. But, um, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of keeping an eye on miners though, for sure. That's a guy I, I would not mind seeing, especially, you know, in the, in the mid rounds for this team. Yeah. Now I want to get back to what you're saying about, about the guys in the, the smaller school. I like those, those guys as well, because especially when they ball out in the senior bowl, cause they know this is their opportunity to show what they have. So they're to me they're taking advantage of it, and then they always play with that you know that chip on their shoulder. You know me, I always like guys that have a chip on the shoulder, and not not a bad chip. You know, just I was overlooked. I had to go to a small school. I had to work my way up, and that never leaves them. So those are the if if they, if it works and they become really good players for you, those are good guys to build your team around. High quality character guys, which another thing that's where um, you were talking about. He has a charity or whatever, and last year uh, the Bengals. Um, selected uh, almost everybody was a captain that they drafted last year, some sort of captain on their, on their college team. So these high character guys, I think is definitely the way that the Bengals and Zach Taylor want to go with. So it could be a guy, he could be a guy that like he said, they're looking into the fourth or third round to possibly, to possibly get. 
Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I mean, the more, the more bodies up front, the better and the more capable bodies and, and durable, durable bodies up front, the better. I mean, look, I mean, we know, we know how many hits Joe Burrow took last, last year. And I think regardless of who the Bengals get to put in front of him, I think that they're going to, uh, he's, he's still going to run around and probably take some hits. What you, what you got to do is you got to minimize the ones, I mean, some of them that he took last year were just absurd and you have to, you have to be able to look, this is going to be a passing team. This is going to be a Joe Burrow led team, but you, you still have to find some semblance of balance in the running game. You can't, there, there are times where, I mean, Joe Burrow, what was the Cleveland game or one of the games he threw the ball like 60 times as, as like in one of his first games as a rookie, you you just can't, you you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't Um, throw that many times. No. Yeah. And, and I, I saw that someone had, uh, I guess, um, corrected themselves Jalen Mayfield the tackle out of Michigan he is an intriguing oh. that, that that was the guy not Jeremy Mayfield um yeah so that uh he is an intriguing guy I, I want to see him you know I, I want to get some more on the the measurables and everything there and and see see how he does but he's a he's a big big guy um and and could be a a guy they look at as a long-term right tackle prospect there so I, I am a little familiar with Jalen Mayfield I guess I should have Click with the last <laughs> name there, but um, a guy who's a big, big guy, very athletic, and I think a lot of people think that he's, you know, one of those guys because he's young like Sewell. I think he's, yeah. I think he's a, a junior or redshirt sophomore or something like that. Um, he's coming out with a little bit of eligibility left. Uh, you know, he's a guy that could probably also, you know, you got to give him a little time, but I, I think that ceiling is is higher than than some of the other players that may be more ready to go right now. Right. Now I want to transition into we talked a lot about the draft. Now I want to transition to uh players, which I don't know how much time you got. You got time to hey, I'm, I'm good, man. man. I, I, I carved out some time for you. I'm good. I mean, as long, however long you want to hear me yak, dude. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, p- people like hearing us yak for some reason too. I don't, I don't, I don't get it though. But uh, like I said, I'll transfer to uh to players that the Bengals could possibly uh release. Now I commented on your show and you actually uh talked about it uh about players releasing and i mentioned and i mentioned on my show is uh, uh giovanni bernard because the Bengals, between mixon and bernard i think there's they're like in the top ten uh, percent there's only they pay more money for two running backs than i think 90 percent of the nfl teams so is that an option that i mean i love geo you know but is that an option with the the emergence of piron and what he did you know and if joe's healthy is it an option you think for the Bengals to to cut Geo to save more money to get even more money under the cap to get more offensive linemen to get more ed- edge rushers to get secondary help because we might be okay if Mix is healthy and you got Piron as your as your backup quarterback and you also got um I always forget the other guy Jeremy who's Trevion. the other guy yeah Trevion. Trevion. Yeah. yeah so I mean is that is that an option that that you think is viable or are the Bengals just going to stick with the uh, Geo? So there, there are a couple things here. I mean, number one, the Bengals I think have about forty-three million of space as we as we sit here today, based on the salary cap and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I think if they were a little bit more strapped for cash and wanted to do some things, I think this would be a, a this probably would have been done. Yeah. Uh, but with with Geo, I mean, there's a lot of things that I I think a lot of Bengals fans and those who watch games know it. But Geo does a lot of dirty work. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of stuff that I think it's, it gets 
I don't want to say unnoticed, but maybe a little underappreciated. When you see him in games and you, and a lot of people, and I was guilty of this a bit myself, um, you look at the stat lines, you go, man, where did those, where did the receiving and the, the scrimmage yards all go? Where did the touchdowns go from his early in his career, right? right. Well, because right. of the offensive line that has been depleted in front of him in terms of talent, when he's in there, they almost always have, I mean, on third downs, he's in there blocking yes. on pass pro a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, if you watch him, he mm-hmm. sticks guys for his size. Oh, he sticks guys. And that is a valuable trait because Joe Mixon's gotten a little better at it, but he is nowhere near as good at, at for his size at what Gio does there. Gio is a versatile weapon. You know, he's a guy who, who's very good at uh, catching the football as well. So, you know, look, I think if the Bengals were a little more cap strapped, I think this would right. easily be a, a conversation that, that, and something that would happen. And, he he he's a captain in the locker room. They really value his character. They really value that. I think right now it's kind of like, yeah, we're investing a lot of money, probably the most or more than most teams in the NFL at the running back position right now between Mixon and Geo. But um, I I don't see it being such the pressing need right now right. unless they are, you know, hey, we got to get Shaq Barrett, we got to get Carl Lawson, we got to. If they're if they're going to spend a lot of money in free agency, which I think they're going to spend quite a bit, but I, I mean, if they're planning on spending a lot of money, then you kind of got to address that that situation. But for now, I, I think you hang on to him, and I think he's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know it doesn't make a lot of sense given the deval- devaluation of that position, but um, I just think he does some things that the team values maybe a bit more than what the stat sheet shows. Right. That's fair enough, man. Hey, you know what? We kind of glossed over this uh, kind of quick, and not to go back to it. We're not. I, I won't go back to the draft, but I wanted your opinion on the whole Jonah Williams thing, just to shut it down with all the fans and everybody, you know, coming in. We drafted him as a tackle. Do you think that the Bengals are reluctant to kick him to guard because of where we drafted him, hmm. or do you think that he is a solid tackle? from what we've only seen from one year of really being healthy and really not a full year. Um, how do you feel about the prospect of Jonah Williams staying at tackle for years to come as an anchor in Cincinnati, rather than kicking him into guard and bringing in somebody else to take his job? Well, I, I think when he was drafted, I remember specifically when he was called to the podium. Uh, remember when life was normal and players could go to the podium? Um, yes. It was nice, right? Uh, but um, look, uh, I remember Daniel Jeremiah was was saying that, you know, I think he's an all-pro guard. I think right away, I think he's an all-pro guard, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and, a good, and then could be a good tackle type of thing. I remember him saying that. And I was kind of saying, yeah, yeah, I, I think this guy, you know, this guy could be a very good tackle. One thing that bothered me when he was coming out, I remember that national championship game against Clemson with all their great, you know, Cleveland Farrell and all the all the big guys up front. Um, and I remember he had he had a tough game that night. He I think right. he let up a sack and a, and a pressure or two. Additionally, he had a tough game that night, and rightfully so. Some good talent, but I, I'm kind of saying these are the types of guys he's going up against at the next level quite often. Now that was just one game. There were a lot of other games where he had outstanding film and everything. I think that, yes, he is going to be the left tackle. I don't think they have plans to move him inside. Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor this week in the press conferences both kind of towed the company line and said the same thing with that. Right. And I, I think I think 
we still need to give him a little more time here because of what you said, Jeremy, in terms of he didn't have his full rookie year to play any snaps. He had a shortened year this year because of uh, a couple of injuries. And, oh, by the way, they didn't even really have a true training camp, preseason yeah. games, anything. Right. And that's that's really his first year. So I, I think you got to give him a little more time. I think after this year, though, if they, because you saw some improvement in the games that he played, I think. Yes. Yeah. I don't think I don't think exponential improvement. I think you could say it's probably marginal improvement, but you saw some some good things on tape there. I think if it doesn't really get much better or if you see a regression after this year, that's when you start asking some questions and then maybe start thinking about moving them inside personally. Fair enough, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of where where I'm at. I I I like him, but I'm not I won't say I'm not completely sold on. That's where I um, I mean, I would love the Bengals to go out and sign Trent Williams. That's who I that's who I want them to sign. You put him, sign Trent Williams. If you could sign sign Daryl Williams, then you kick Jonah in guard. I think that would be great. And if they're gonna do that, I have no idea. That depends on, you know, like you said, if they're gonna spend a ton of money or they're just gonna spend a lot of money. So those are that's my dream scenario to do that. And not, not that I don't want Jonah to play tackle, but you still have him. You put him at guard, you can always bring him back to tackle later. But here like you said, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I just here's the thing, though, and I think this is why a little bit why Zach and Duke want Jonah Williams at left tackle. There is a strong, strong possibility, depending on how Trey Hopkins' rehab goes, that you're if you don't if you are thinking about moving Jonah Williams around that lineup, you're looking at potentially five different offensive linemen start start in different starting positions for you this year from last right. year. If right. you keep Jonah Williams there, you're maybe only looking at at three, four, yeah. uh, right. maybe, maybe two. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think while the offensive line needs to be completely overhauled, um, and I think you need to at least address two starting positions there. I think if you're looking at just moving all everybody around and all this stuff, there's just not, uh, there is something to be said about a little bit of continuity. Um, so I, I just, I, I think you stick with it for now. And yeah. if there are, if there are glow, you know, glaring issues or, it's just, oh, uh, he's kind of serviceable. Um, maybe, maybe that's when you start asking some questions, personally speaking. But I, I think they, they got to have, they got to balance continuity and overhauling the line with yeah. more talent. I mean, to be to be honest, what I what I re my realistic fandom tells me is they're gonna uh, sign a guard and 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 maybe pot, uh, probably just sign a guard. And if Sewell's there, then they're gonna go with him at right or left tackle, probably right tackle. But if he's not, and or if they have changed their mind, they want to go after Chase, then they're going to sign a right tackle. I, that's where I think they're probably going to be at because they, I think they like Spain at the other guard, and I think they're they're okay with with uh, I always mess his name up too, Serafilia, or however you say his name. <laughs> I think they're good at either one of those guys at the other guard. You know, so if you get, I know everyone's tuning, and, and I'm not saying they're not going to, but they might get somebody you know. Not as popular as Trini, but they'll get a guard, and you have Spain or Serfilia at uh, the other guard, and you get say Daryl Williams at right tackle, Jonah Williams at left. Hopkins sounds like he's going to be back pretty close to the beginning of the season as your center. That's not a bad offensive line. I mean, we don't need a. I would love to get a great offensive line. Joe Burrow just needs a serviceable one, just one so he can at least get the ball out, you know, and we can run through through holes. I agree with you. And, um, you know, the, the interesting thing about both Suofilo and Spain, the two guards that you mentioned there, I mean, they, the Bengals kind of did some different things with them in terms of what they're, 
past games in their career look like. So what I mean by that is, you know, Quentin Spain, you saw a lot of him a right guard this year. He was, he's been a, basically a career left guard, right? Mm -hmm. right. Um, you know, Suofilo has been a little bit of a left guard and they wanted him at right guard. Um, and so, you, you know, you kind of, and because of injuries and all kinds of stuff, they kind of played musical chairs a little bit there. So, um, you know, that that's something to kind of weigh with those guys a little bit too. Um, and, and you got to probably make a commitment to say, you know, we signed Suofilo last year to this contract for a reason. We want him to start and he's going to start here. Okay. Well, if he's going to be your right guard, then you got to go for a guy probably to, to make sense of things. That's when you maybe go for a Joe Tooney who's been a career left guard always mm -hmm. in the NFL, right? right? right. Um, right. If you go vice versa, if you, if you say, hey, we, we're going Quentin Spain, we're going to put him at his natural left guard here. Let's go find a right guard. Maybe that's Kevin Zeitler. Maybe, you know, maybe that's somebody out there that makes sense of that the right guard position. And, um, you know, that way you're not playing guys in so many unnatural positions. And right. a mm -hmm. lot of people think, uh, from my understanding, uh, you know, a lot of people think that it's easy to go, oh, you're a left tackle, go play right. Or you're, you're a left guard, go play right. I mean, it's not such an easy swap for a lot of guys. Sometimes it's kind of doing things with your different hands and, you know, different responsibilities at times. So um, it's not just an easy swap from one side right. to the other. Some some players do it seamlessly. Others, it's not so easy. And it kind of plays into that continuity and and getting players playing their 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 natural positions. I also think to your point there, um, I, you know, they may get a guy that has. There's a guy I think that that brings a lot of value to the team. Matt Filer, a guy who played for the Steelers. He's a guy, mm -hmm. not not a high end, you know, super athletic guy. Not a you know, not a guy that'll maybe move the needle a lot, but a guy who is an effective starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And came in, and when they had offensive line issues, played at a lot of different spots. I think he played left guard and right tackle and did it mm -hmm. pretty effectively. So that may be the type of player they also look at where a guy that has the guard tackle versatility um, that could that could start games for you. And and that's you kind of kill two birds with one stone there a little bit. Right, exactly. By the way, you, you can call me Jeff, you can call me Strawberry, you can call me Iceman. Yeah, I didn't know what you wanted. I knew I knew your name was Jeff. I'm like, what's, what's he want? You want Iceman? Does he want? Yeah, I got three of them. I, I said I said Jeremy one. earlier, and someone said you got to call him Dimebag. I'm like, oh okay, well, <laughs> that's that's Crip. That's I don't need to order this comes. I come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, Jer it's Jeremy Dimebag D. <laughs> uh, you know what? I got a two parter really quick here, and this is another one for the guys, the viewers out there. We got Michael Jordan. We got Bobby. And we got Fred Johnson. Bobby. Yeah, uh, fun Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Whatever, however you want to look at him, you know. Uh, <laughs> but do you do you keep those guys as backups? Do you just cut those guys and bring in some 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 different talent playing GM again here? And for the center, we, we just upped your pay grade there, Anthony. We, we, exactly, we, you're, you're a, a GM, GM now, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we've got we got Michael Jordan, we got Fun Bobby, <laughs> and we got Fred Johnson, <laughs> and and we got Hopkins for center. <laughs> Sorry, I cracked me up. <laughs> so, but if Hopkins don't make it back for the second part of this question, um, what do you do as center? And what do you do for the backups? Backup role. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> it's good. Um, look, I, uh, I I hate to be a guy who piles on uh, players, but I, I I think it's time 
both salary cap wise and what you've seen consistency. I think it's time to move on from Bobby Hart. Um, you know, it, there have been some moments where you go, hey, pretty good game, pretty good PFF score. But there have been a lot of other – you know what it is? I, I feel like there are games where he's steady and he's okay. And then there are games where it's just like it snowballs on him, right? I mean, it's like Bad. egregious penalty at a critical time. A bad hold gets beat for a terrible sack and strip strip sack fumble. Like It's like a, either a devastating set of plays that he has in a game or – it's like, okay, he's kind of steady, but then the rest of the line doesn't play very well type of thing. So I, I think it, it, there is a little bit of a semblance of an unfair piling on Bobby Hart, but I, I don't see the cap hit as, uh, you know, it doesn't equate to the level of play that you're getting from a starting right tackle for, for the cap hit there. So I don't, I don't think he sticks around. Um, you're talking about Fred Johnson. I think, he, I think there's value there in the sense that he has started games at both tackle spots. I think he also started a guard last year. Um, yeah. I, I, none of it was very impressive to me, mm-hmm. but you know, I think there's maybe a pinch pinch starter emergency starter situation there that could be of value. Um, you mentioned Billy. Uh, well, I don't know if you mentioned Billy price, but Billy yeah. price, Billy price is an option that uh, you know, I, 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 another guy entering a critical year of his pro career where he may now have a shot to at least start some games uh, potentially early in the year and, and, you know, spill in for Trey Hopkins. And maybe that's, maybe that's where he goes there. But um, you know, I think, I, I think and hope that Trey Hopkins is back. He's been an effective center for the most part. I think he's a good player. And Michael Jordan's the the kicker that to me that he was one of my favorite picks in that class a couple of years ago. Um, I thought there was a lot of upside there. He still is, I think, one of the younger players on the roster. He's very, very young. Right. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw, but he is working out with Willie yes. Anderson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to hope that 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 pays off there. I think I think you hang hurt. on. To, yeah, I think you hang on to him, too. And again, it just kind of depends on, you know, how many how many other guys are you bringing in? and free agency, the, the draft, whatnot, you already shed BJ Finney off the roster. I think you shed Bobby Hart off the roster. And maybe I think at least going into training camp, you keep those names a Michael Jordan, a Fred Johnson, a Billy price. And you bring in these other guys from the draft, from free agency. And you say, grind it out, fight it out and, and uh, see what happens there. And, you know, a lot of those guys too, by the way, I mean, there's been some, some more lax restrictions or, la- or lack thereof in terms of, um, you know, practice squatting guys and coming on and off. You know, it used to be that basically guys used to have minimal time. I used to, they used to have like barely any playing time at all on right. a roster where you could kind of practice squat and move them back. And then the COVID thing, they, there was some more flexibility there. So, um, you know, there, there may be some creativity that they can do there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm for those guys competing with some other with some other bodies with the elimination of maybe one of those names there. Right. Uh, obvious suspect, I guess. Well, we, we always have this, this video of, of, as Jeremy calls him, fun Bobby that we like to play. So check it out. <laughs> It's always like, hello, I'm Bobby Williams. I'm fun Bobby. Oh man! I love I love the I love the slow mo part. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's awesome. You know, I, I I remember screenshotting. Gosh, what was it? I think it was in in nineteen 
And it was a play where uh, he gave up a pressure on, on Ryan Finley at the time. Cause I think Dal- that was when Dalton was benched. Um, right. He gave up a pressure on Ryan Finley and Finley kind of had to throw it out of bounds in the goal line. And he was like right in Finley's face yelling at him. And I'm going, dude, you, you let up the pressure. Now uh, we don't know what the play design exactly was and all of that, but it was like, it kind of looked like from watching and rewatching that it was kind of an egregious error on his part. Not so much Ryan Finley. I don't know, but um, you know, there's just, there's just stuff where you just say, you know, you gave him a couple of years, upgrade, just upgrade. Yeah. It's, it's, it's past it. it, As I said yesterday, they shot the ball on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I, some, some, one of my viewers sent it to me and I'm like, Oh, I got to use that. So (laughs) people are always, Hey, you got to play the Bobby Hart video. My guy, or, as we call him now, he's always should be called this now from now on, Jeremy. Fun Bobby. Always. Right. Fun right. Bobby Hart. So, Fun all right, about 630. I want to get one more question in, for, in here for you, Anthony, and I'll let you go. But uh, my question is, uh, when did you guys start Cincy Jungle, and, and how long have you guys been at it? Because I've, I've been watching for a couple of years now. But I'm just curious, when you guys got your start and how would you get into it and all that stuff? Well, the Cincy Jungle – uh, website and blog itself was from like the late 2000s. I should I should probably uh, bone up on my history there. Um, <laughs> it's it was a blog started by I don't I don't know if you know this name Josh Kirkendall. Um, he did a, he yeah, did a, heard a, up, yeah. Awesome, yeah awesome job covering the team for that site. Um, you know just basically a lot of it was you know kind of there was there was a lot of opinion analysis by you know kind of fan fan driven opinion analysis that sort of thing. And then there was also you know, kind of the relaying of, of Bengals news and information from both sources that Josh and the rest of us had and or, you know, the Inquirer and the Athletic right. and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I hopped on and kind of did a volunteer writing position initially at, at uh, 2011, and then it kind of came into more of a, a more prominent position writing, um, and then it kind of evolved into podcasting. I was doing both, and now I'm kind of strictly doing the podcasting side of things, but um, it's grown into a, a, a really, you know, I think it's a pretty well-respected website for, for Bengals oh, yeah. news. Um, and, you know, with, with a lot of things, you know, there's guys that delve into film there's, you know, and it's, it, there is still the relaying of, Hey, you know, did you hear about this source talking about there's a, there right. is a bit of that, but there's opinions analysis. There's player reviews. We're doing a ring of honor series. I, I wrote a couple up of, you know, ring of honor nominees because that was kind of a talking point. So it's been around since late two thousands. The show I do is called the orange and black insider. Um, it's a podcast. It started kind of in, in 2016, but I would say the real growth has been seen, um, you know, the last year, year and a half or so, um, had some good guests and whatnot, but we've been doing it for a while and doing a couple of different things. And, um, we, we stream it there on the Cincy jungle site and other, other platforms and whatnot, but, um, that's kind of a little bit of the background it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good site. And, uh, Cincy jungle is part of the SB nation network, right, right, right. Uh, of the of the blog network there so um it's been good it's been good it's been fun and well, you, uh, you, you are on the uh, a part of the uh, strawberry ice network right now it's 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 just one channel that's all we got i love it i love it <laughs> and a facebook one. page stuff <laughs> i love it i love it it's a good one and i appreciate you guys i know you you like you said you checked out our show and i appreciate that i we try and both are you know like you guys do since we do the live deal like you do um we try and engage the fans and the listeners and um try and field questions and do all that stuff uh, because it's, you know, we're fans too. And um, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's about. So, and I, I respect, I respect what you guys do. I have watched uh, some of your shows there. I did, I did check out that Ken Riley, Ken Riley, the second uh, interview you did there. That was very cool. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool that 
the team, former players, their family members, they are recognizing kind of what we are bringing, you know, you guys, myself and others are bringing to the table in terms of podcasts and stuff. And they're giving us our run, our due and uh, giving us some time and talking about Bengals, their careers, all that stuff. So um, it's pretty cool to see all those people engaging with us. You know, Um, I'm pretty stoked on it. Yeah, I haven't actually got an actual Bengal yet, but that, that's my goal. I want to get either an actual former Bengal on or a current Bengal. One of these days. I keep I keep trying, but, you know. It's either that or we're going to order a Bengal tiger, and we're just going <laughs> to show him off. Throwing in a cage behind you. Yeah, exactly. It's one or the other, Anthony. Yeah, right back here. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. All right, Anthony. Well, I think we're rolling out here, but I appreciate you, man, and don't be a stranger. I'd I love to – have you on the show again sometime? That, that would be great, especially more like around draft time. I love something. it. Yeah, I'd love it. I'm I'm just I'm grateful you guys let me yak for an hour. I'm I didn't know you guys uh valued what I said that, that, oh, yeah. for that long, but I appreciate it. I appreciate People it. Value what we say. I'm like, I'm just an idiot with a YouTube channel. I, you know <laughs> exactly that's all I do. We got a little cover on our microphone. That, yeah, yeah. We got and we got to have you guys. We're, we'll be doing a lot of stuff for draft and free agency, and we'll have you guys on our show too. I'd, I'd love to do that. So let's uh, let's collaborate more. It's it's fun, man. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. That sounds good to me. All right, all right, brother. Other than that, who day? Take it easy. See you guys. See you, buddy. All right, that was cool. He's that was good awesome. I like, I like I like Anthony a lot. <laughs> you killed me with that. Fun, Bobby. Bobby. I, just, I don't know where it comes I just, from. Jeff. I, <laughs> I just lost it. I'm like, <laughs> I know. I, like, give me a break. I'm thinking it, it must have been an old episode of Friends or something that was still stuck in my head. We talking about Bobby. <laughs> oh my god! I was because like, <laughs> I was gonna say something, and all I had in my head was Fun Bobby. Fun Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby. Uh, you moron. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> All right. Anyway, I'm glad you guys appreciate or like the show. appreciate that. Now, tomorrow, after UC wins against SMU, which I'm calling it now, I'm not guaranteeing it like somebody did. Guaranteed something and one of our quarterbacks got hurt. I'm not doing that. But uh, after the show, or after the game, I should say, Terry Nelson is going to try to do his best to jump on the show with us and discuss the game, discuss David Julius coming back. And now, like I said, the Bearcats have went from no point guards to two of them again. So we're still we're still small. We're still a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. I think we're going to win uh, against SMU. After that, I don't know. But people, we only need three wins. That's all we need. And we can go to the NCAA tournament. I didn't say it's a great shot, but it's a shot. And we will see what happens. Now, I'd like to invite you guys all to join the Facebook groups that let us live stream on there. I appreciate the admins there. They're all great groups. They're fun. They're interactive. Please join them. They are Hootay Nation, Cincinnati Reds, rounding third, heading for home, the Ohio State Bucknuts. Bearcat Country, and then the Ice Bar, which is our our little page. It's a show page. And I, I keep getting people joining or wanting to join. You have to answer the questions. Like, if you if like, you just want to join a group called the Ice Bar. Do you know what it is? You have to know what it is first, people. I'm not just going to let any people. Like, I only want my berries on there, man. I want certain people on there, all right? You got to be silly and, and morons like us to be on the, on the page, okay? So, anyway, 
Follow me on all my social media platforms. I'm on Facebook, uh, always under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I have on this page, I have 615 likes. I'm up to 658 subscribers, not subscribers, followers. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, I'll be pulling a sound off later. If you guys missed any of the show, make sure you, if you could watch it on YouTube or listen to it on podcast later, I would greatly appreciate it. I'm trying to get the podcast numbers up a little bit more. So if you guys drive around uh, tomorrow, tonight in the truck, or if you're at work or whatever, you listen to a podcast, please check mine out and give me a five-star review, rate, like, review. I'm on BeanPod, Apple Podcast, iTunes, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast. YouTubers! We did it, Jeremy. We passed 850. Now let's try to get to 1,000. I'm so close. (laughs) So 851 is where we're at. That's great. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Like I said, if you're watching on the YouTube channels, or I mean on the Facebook groups anywhere, please go to the channel. The sports. All you got to do is type in sports with, and I promise you it'll pop up. You don't even have to type the rest of it out. It'll pop up. Go there. Click on it. Make the word subscribe. Change colors. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, because we do do other other shows sometimes when things happen, you know. He so said not, we do 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 we do do we do 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 do. <laughs> we have other shows that we do sometimes from time to time. So if you click on the notification bell, you know when we're going live. So other than that, do do head, Jeremy Brown, Jeremy Dean, <laughs> Jeremy Brown, Jeremy Jeremy Brown, Brown Dean, downtown uh, Brown. Downtown Jeremy Brown. Just get me the hell out of this, would you? Yeah, I will. I will. Trust me. Um, just real quick, real, real quick from old Dimebag Dean here. Um, Buckeye fans, man, we squeaked one in the tournament tonight or this afternoon. Uh, 79, 75. We got to clean up the turnovers. If you're a Buckeye fan, basketball, I'm sure you've seen it. The turnovers, the three-point shooting was a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And our, we can tighten up the strings on defense on the other end for their three-point shooting as well. But, hey, we won the game. We beat Minnesota. We're heading on in the tournament. What, Hopefully what, was, tomorrow the, what night. was the run that Minnesota went on to you? That run they went, to, to end the game, they went on an 18-5 to five run. That's um, not good. That's no, not good at all. No, I was on the edge of my seat at the end of the game, and it should have never tell. been that way. I could tell by your text messages. What are these guys doing? Quick turn yeah. all over. Like, yeah. Jeremy, calm down. Yeah. I mean, I you know what? I can hear you yelling. <laughs> 15 turnovers. Too many, Buckeyes. Too many. Let's clean it up. Let's go win a tournament. Tomorrow night, Bearcats, you need to do the same thing to make clock, the baby. big boys. So, that's right. So we'll see how it, how it all uh, spaces out, works out. Hopefully tomorrow night you guys get a good, good, solid first win anyways. Because yes, that's what you need to propel you, man. Get that but momentum built. Uh, what? I said get that momentum built. That's exactly right, man. So I think that's about it for me. Is that yeah? Okay, let's roll. Uh, other than that, my friend, remember one thing, and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland. You live in Cincinnati. Not with Fun Bobby. No, nope. not with Fun Bobby. Fun Bag Bobby. <laughs> God, we're idiots. That's just sports, baby. See ya.